From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Monique Aiken, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, February 3rd, the beginning of Black History Month. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha's David Bank to share some takeaways from this week's Agents of Impact call on the steps some investors are taking to advance racial justice through the municipal bond market. Welcome back to the podcast, David. Hey, Monique. It's great to be here, as always. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in impact investing. Local fund managers may be more likely to have their fingers on the pulse of emerging markets. But according to a survey from the Swiss impact investing specialist, Tameo, institutional investors are more likely to allocate their capital to managers in the U.S. and Europe. Tameo identified a whopping 672 funds managing $84 billion in assets targeted at Africa, Latin America, and South Asia, but only a fraction of the funds were managed in those regions. Back in the U.S., Invest Appalachia secured $19 million to bridge capital gaps in that region. United Healthcare, the big insurer, kicked in $10 million. Invest Appalachia also raised a catalytic capital fund, which has already put out nearly $1 million in loan guarantees, technical assistance, and grants to nine projects, including loans to flooded businesses and residents in Kentucky, and financing to renovate a local grocery store in a rural food desert. Al Gore's Just Climate made its first three climate tech investments. The unit of generation investment management focuses on companies with potential to decarbonize tough sectors like steel and cement. Just Climate took stakes in a Swiss electric charging supplier and two Swedish companies, one making steel with green hydrogen and the other turning agricultural waste into biogas. The former vice president manages the fund with generation partner David Blood. And Jonathan Rose is back in the market to raise capital for his company's sixth housing preservation fund. The Jonathan Rose companies work to preserve affordable housing at risk of rent hikes when federal subsidies expire. They also bring in educational, workforce development, and health services to create what Rose calls communities of opportunity. This time, they're looking to raise $750 million. David, welcome back. I hear there was a great turnout for Impact Alpha's Agents of Impact call this week on racial equity in municipal finance. And that kind of turned out to be pretty timely given the events in Memphis, among other recent incidents of police brutality around the country? Yes, we had Ryan Bowers of Activest, um, which got started back in 2015 around the police shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, So uh, here we are again. Um, Back then, they discovered there was like an inordinate percentage of the city's revenues were coming from fines and fees, mostly on their black and brown residents. And they called that out not only as a racial equity issue, of course, but as a financial risk to the city's um, finances. And they developed a whole framework for evaluating those kind of risks. And so here we are again in Memphis. And Ryan pointed that uh, Memphis has got a very high rate of pretrial detention, folks who can't make bail and who sit in jail for sometimes hundreds of, of days. And then they've got a prison services provider that gets paid based on the number of people in jail on any given day. So here's Ryan. So all these things kind of go back together. There, you've got a private equity company that's taking public dollars, that is, you know, has a perverse incentive to keep people there, you know, longer. There's a connection between the revenues also that are brought in by these traffic stops by police. 
you've got this strange flow of capital where your public dollars are subsidizing private interests that are undermining the economic security of the residents. And um, this is not just a Shelby County issue. It's unfortunately it's not a, a Ferguson issue. Um, it's not even just a private equity issue. It's it's really one about what does justice and transparency look like in the municipal market, and how are public dollars, uh, you know, and black and brown bodies being used to benefit everyone else except black and brown folks. So there is clearly a lot to unpack there, because just like some risks are underappreciated, other risks seem to be given undue weight. Yeah, like mispriced risk all, all over the, the municipal bond market, it turns out. And 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 some of them, as we were talking about, is, um, you know, these things that actually kind of undermine the city's, you know, fiscal health and are not appreciated, you know, by the ratings agencies and, and others. And then other risks that are kind of overweighted and kind of cause in particular like majority black cities to pay more for their municipal bonds, possibly just simply because they're majority black cities. People talk about a black tax and it's pretty well documented. Um, and in fact, Memphis is is cited as an example of, of that. Um, I think it's about two thirds population is about two thirds black. And Diane Manuel at Adesina Social Capital, as you said, tried to, to pull apart some of the factors. Is there discrimination? Um, probably. Is it some racism? More than likely. However, where does that happen? It Could it be at the individual level? Maybe. Um, starting with some regional stuff. Is there some corporate piece? Probably. But more than likely, there's some systemic issues systemic issues that because they are in place ended up being racist and causing the cost of capital for communities like these, underserved communities, to have to pay more to come to market to fix their water pipes. So what did some of the speakers share as possible solutions to this? Well, folks keep coming back to to engagement one of the classic examples re- recently has been the Alabama prison bond of, of a couple of years ago. Um, there was a, a, a hue and cry, as you'd imagine, particularly because one of the underwriters, Barclays, uh, had previously pledged uh, not to underwrite any private prisons. Um, and here was a bond that was doing just that. So there was a, a quite a extensive um, campaign and it caused... Um, uh, that I think Barclays to to withdraw from that deal, and, and they had to find a different underwriter. I think they eventually did go through with the bond, as I understand it, but um, didn't raise uh, as much as they had hoped. Now they're dipping into the general budget to still build the prison. So these things are very intractable, as as you know. But um, it did point out that when folks sort of learn about how these kind of deals go down, um, they can get involved. Of course. The, the the other place for engagement is is before you know the issues go out and and working with the cities and trying to get the bonds organized around meeting the real needs of, of communities whether that's for 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 stores and infrastructure or schools affordable housing all the things that municipal bonds 
pay for. So the basic idea was, you know, get much more engaged with the processes around the capital that's financing um, your cities. And, and sometimes it comes down to just asking the simple questions, which often, you know, apparently don't really get asked, you know, who's going to benefit from the projects funded by the bond? How um, have the communities that are affected been involved? You know, where do the revenue flows come from to repay them? And um, that's, that's, you know, kind of becoming a little bit of a toolkit for, for at least impact investors who, who are getting into muni bonds. Yes, we need to change who, how, and what the money does at the end of the day, who's involved with decisions, what it does in the community, who's disproportionately harmed, and who's disproportionately benefits from any given deal, and examine that in a race-aware way, which will help unfurl these complexities. The problem, of course, is it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunately much easier to find the problems than it, than it is to, to, you know, to find the solutions and particularly the sort of investable s- solutions, um, which is what the title of the call was, is investable opportunities. Um, we did break a little bit of news. Um, Ryan Bowers and activists are standing up something they're calling the fixed income racial equity strategy. And they are looking beyond just municipal bonds for the, just the reasons we just talked about um, and bringing in things like uh, loans to community development, financial institutions that lend money to small businesses in, in um, low income communities and even corporate bonds for things that might be like, you know, broadband um, rollouts in, 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 in low income neighborhoods and, and those sorts of things. So trying to find a whole bunch, a whole basket of fixed income um, products that can be wrapped together um, around this notion of what they call fiscal justice or, or racial equity. Um, uh, there have been some, some cities that have floated recently social bonds uh, uh, New York, Atlanta, Chicago just did one the other day. Um, Chicago's is, was sort of held up as an example of much more of a kind of com- engaged community sort of process um, around, I think they did um, um, abandoned lots and, and rehabilitating buildings and electric vehicle charging and affordable housing and a few other things. Um, and uh, and sometimes some of these bonds have gotten better pricing because there actually is more demand from investors for these kinds of things. So social bonds in munis have become kind of a thing. Um, Eric Glass kind of put a little bit of a reality check on it. I don't really care what you call it. You can call it social, you can call it green, you can call it chartreuse, you can call it whatever the hell you want to call it. It doesn't matter to me. The idea here is I'm going to do the, you know, I, as a, uh, as an impact investor, are going to do the due diligence around each and every uh, bond issue to determine the environmental benefits of it, the social uh, benefits of it, et cetera, et cetera. Who's the communities that it's, 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 uh, you know, this project is uh, benefiting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I think that the municipal market has gotten really, really bogged down uh, in labels. Um, and what's even worse about the municipal market and labels is that most of it's self-labeled. It's not even third party. It's not even a third party label. So my takeaway is that in spite of it all, we still have to be hopeful. And I think Marim Kaba said it best. Hope isn't an emotion. You know, hope is not optimism. Hope is a discipline and we have to practice it every single day as we fight to change the system. 
Uh, I, I really agree, Monique. And I will say that that was the spirit of the, the call. Folks came away. You know, um, Dana Bazera, who used to be at, at Heron Foundation, now works at Greater Share. She said, you know, that this kind of conversation, we had a few hundred folks on the call, you know, was not even kind of on the agenda, you know, a number of years ago for thinking about, you know, municipal bonds had always been a kind of stodgy and maybe arcane sort of corner. Um, and to think of it as really an avenue for for this kind of positive impact now, and then obviously also sort of redressing the negative impacts, but um, particularly thinking of it as a way that, you know, kind of real citizens can get involved in, you know, in the real the real workings of their communities and bring forth, you know, projects and solutions that that really do work. Um, folks are getting, getting energized around that. Well, thanks, David. Let's let that be the last word. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to David and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation for supporting Impact Alpha's Muni Impact coverage, as well as our producer, Isaac Silk. Ready to try Impact Alpha? Sign up for Impact Alpha Open, free of charge, directly at impactalpha.com. Want to go deeper? Grab a subscription and get full access to the site, Agents of Impact Calls, and the daily email brief. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and choose an annual subscription. Thank you for listening. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Be sure to check back for next week's briefing, and until next time, take care.